for this in our lives and to anticipate Jesus with us. It is in his name that we pray. Amen.
us remain standing as we affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Third day, he rose from the dead, he ascended to heaven, and sit at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. And now we worship God with our morning offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you receive these gifts and receive our worship today. May we be blessed and may you be blessed. And may the world be blessed by the gifts that we give. We ask that you multiply them and guide us in their use so that you might be glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
You may be seated. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, where can we flee from your presence? You are with us in the darkest valleys, in the highest highs, and all the spaces in between. You are with us today as we worship and sing your praises with us as we bring to you the needs of those we hold dear in our community and our world. You are with us in the challenges, in perseverance. You give us hope. And we're thankful for your presence that goes with us every day. And we're thankful that you love us enough that we have the opportunity to be your presence to a broken and hurting world. God, help us to be witnesses to you, sharing your love with others and blessing others and being the body of Christ. This we pray in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church with Miss Catherine.
which is the Ascension. It's in the back of the narthex. You can turn around and, and see it. 
This window was given in memory of Walter Reese Gramblin and Mary Catherine Beeson Gramblin by their children. And it was constructed by Joseph Victor Lorenz, a renowned stained glass artist from Atlanta. It was installed with nine windows of the church in 1936. As with any work of art, these windows are subject to interpretation. And I realize that because what I thought the windows meant may not be what the Creator thought they meant. Or the scripture that I thought that went with a particular window may not be the scripture that was intended. And such it is with these windows. Take, for example, uh, the window on this side. When I came in the sanctuary for the first time, I looked at this window and thought, oh, Jesus and Nicodemus, only to find out I was wrong. This is Jesus and the rich young ruler. Now, the back window is much the same. Some of you think of this window as the uh, Hallelujah Chorus window because it is the tradition in the church at some point that when the choir would sing the Hallelujah Chorus, folks would turn and look at, at the window. Others of you think of it as the resurrection, Jesus rising on Easter morning. Still others of you think of this window as Jesus' return, when Jesus comes back to the earth. Well, I have a completely different take than any of you. I told you that this was my favorite window, and here's why, and here's what this window means to me. It was September 11th of this past fall, and we had been riding the wave of, of a honeymoon period. You know, when a new preacher gets there and people come to check out the new preacher. So it had been uh, a great attendance. And then for some reason, September 11th came and I arrived at the church to find out many of you did not arrive at the church. It was a low attendance Sunday and everybody was just in a malaise. You know, it was, I, I was kind of feeling it. Uh, the congregation was not feeling it. You know, we're not a, much of a call and response congregation, but a pastor feeds off that. A pastor feeds off the energy of, of those worshiping. And that day, there was no energy. So as I was, I was preaching and I just couldn't get there, I looked up and there was Jesus looking back. And it, it's just a beautiful window, especially in the morning. And the sun's hitting it. He always has a Holy Spirit glow. It's like Jesus present with us, watching over us, worshiping with us Sunday after Sunday. And so since that time, this has become my favorite window, Jesus' presence among us. And now you get to hear what the Creator intended the window to be. So if you have your Bible, turn to the first chapter of Acts, Verses 6 through 11, Acts 1, 6 through 11. Hear the good news. So when they come together, they ask him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it's not for you to know the times or period that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. 
And when he had said this, they were watching, and he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. And they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you have saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we look to your word and remember the ascension of Jesus Christ, we ask that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus' death had happened just over 40 days ago. The disciples had been through so much in that period of time. They had watched their master and teacher be crucified. And then he rose from the dead. And not only was he alive, but he met them in their time of need. They were cloistered in, in fear. And he came to them behind a locked door. And he ate with them. He taught them. He came to them in their time of need. He came to them when they were on the sea. And he taught them more and more. He, he was with them. And so they returned to Jerusalem and Jesus brought them out to the Mount of Olives. And in that time, he was still teaching them more. And they asked him, Jesus, when will you restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, that's not your deal. That's the Father's prerogative. What you need to do is you need to wait. You need to wait for the Holy Spirit to come, and the Holy Spirit will come. And from that, from your waiting, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then as he finished saying this, suddenly he was lifted up into the clouds right before them. I imagine they were astonished. Maybe after seeing all the miracles of Jesus, like walking on water, maybe... Maybe they were used to stuff like that happening, but I'm sure whatever was going on, they just weren't ready. We don't know if he gave them details, but you have to believe that they were wondering, what does this baptism by the Holy Spirit mean? And, and what does it mean to be witnesses all over the world? How's all this going to work out? So as I imagine Jesus being lifted up, that one of them probably wanted to grab onto his feet and bring him back down just like a little child does with a helium balloon that's trying to escape. But he was lifted up, and they stood there watching the heavens, and suddenly two men appeared among them and said, Why do you stand staring, looking at the heavens? Why are you looking at the sky? Jesus has left, and he will return one day just as he has left you. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be the disciples and witness such a moment? If you ever make it to the town of Wassingham, England, you will find there a shrine, an Anglican shrine, that depicts, in that is a chapel that depicts the ascension of Jesus. Now, in that chapel is a work of art, it is not a stained glass window or a painting, as you suppose, 
but it is simply two feet hanging from the ceiling. No Jesus, just feet. And yes, this is true. You can Google it and see the pictures of the feet if you would like. So when people go in this chapel, their response is to look up, to look at these feet dangling from the ceiling. But the reality is they can't stay in the chapel all day looking at these strange feet coming down from the ceiling because eventually a priest or a tour guide is going to come in and say to them, you got to keep moving. You can't stay here and continuing to look, continue to look at the feet. And so it was with the disciples. The two men came and said, you can't continue to be here. You have to go on and get about your business. And they did. They went ahead and they picked a disciple to replace Judas. They waited for the Holy Spirit to come. And eventually they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they would be Christ's witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Most of them, tradition says, gave their lives for the cause of, of Christ. But they couldn't stand around watching. And neither can I just stand here and, and preach to Jesus like I often do. You know, I would like to do that. I would like to just stand here and preach to Jesus because he's very attentive. As I said, every Sunday he shows up with a Holy Spirit glow and he's watching over us. And this beautiful peace just to, to stand there and to preach to Jesus. He's attentive. Unlike some of you, he never checks his phone or falls asleep. But I can't. I have a job to do. We all have a job to do. And if I just preach to Jesus... I would fail to remember that he's at the right hand of God the Father Almighty now. And I would miss the Jesus which is among us. Because Jesus is here in you. You are the body of Christ. Paul wrote in his first letter uh, to the Corinthians that we are the body of Christ, individually members of it. In our diversity, in our different gifts, in our different experiences, we come together to be Jesus. We come together to be First United Methodist Church. It's all of us as the church together as the presence of Christ. In our society, and our self-focused society, we often think, what's in it for me? So we come to church thinking, what am I going to get out of church today? But the reality is church is more than what you get out of church. It's also coming together as the body of Christ to be the experience of the church, to be the family of the church. Because when you're here, you're Christ's body together. And someone gathered has the opportunity to experience Jesus through you. Not only that, but as we are gathered, we worship together. We honor God. We together are better. And when you're not here, it makes a difference. The body is incomplete. Think of it like one of these stained glass windows. In the stained glass window, there are hundreds of panes of glass. It's a beautiful picture, but without one of the panes of glass, the picture would be incomplete. So it is with you. When you are not here, the picture is incomplete. The body is incomplete. 
Your work, your presence makes things more beautiful. You have the opportunity to be Jesus and to experience Jesus through one another. We are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is a beautiful thing. But not only is Christ's presence here through us as the family gathered, but Christ's presence is there as we go outside of the building. In Matthew 25, you will read a parable about the Son of Man coming into glory. And it says that he will separate the people like a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. And those on his right hand, he will say, Welcome, for when I was a stranger, you welcomed me. And hungry and thirsty, you gave me what I needed. When I was in prison or sick, you visited me. And so on and so forth. And the people at his right hand will say, Well, we never saw you in such a state. And Jesus would say, when you did for the least of these, you did for me. And there's all those on his left hand, he says, depart from me. For when I was in need, you did not provide for me. You did not welcome me. You did not visit me. You did not give me water or clothing. And they will say, well, we never saw you in such a state, Master. And he says, when you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Here at First United Methodist Church, we have many opportunities to, to help people in need. We clothe the naked, feed the hungry, welcome the stranger. And all these happen inside the walls of the church. But Jesus just isn't inside the walls of the church. He's outside the church. He's real in our community and our world. We often are tempted to think that a mission project is what we organize as the church and go to some foreign country or something we do in the community as an organized effort to help people. But the reality is our work in missions happens when we clothe the naked, visit uh, the sick and in prison, when we welcome the stranger, when we help the least of these and help Jesus we are, are being the church and we're meeting Jesus. You don't have to look far for the needs around us. They are where you are. They're in this neighbor you do not know, the stranger you haven't met. It doesn't take you long to find the clothing and food insecure, those who are lonely and those who need. And guess what? These people are your neighbors and Jesus' presence is there. Jesus' presence just isn't inside the building, but it is outside. And as we go forth, we meet Jesus. Wherever we go is an opportunity to serve him. So with that, I think this window might have another meaning as well, another way to interpret it that I've come to experience as I've worked on this sermon. Maybe this window is a benediction. As we go out into the world, maybe it's Jesus sending us out to be his body, to bless his people, to meet him in a way, in a place we never expected to meet him. Maybe it is Jesus saying, go be my presence, go experience my presence in a way you have not before. In a church that I previously served, as you would leave the church, there on a sign it said, entering the mission field. It was to remind us that as we left the church, the work of the church didn't stop 
but it continued as we went into the world. And so maybe that's what this window means also. Maybe it means Jesus is sending us out, reminding us that the presence of Christ doesn't stop. The opportunity to be the body doesn't stop when we exit the walls of this church, but it continues with Jesus and for Jesus. This window is a beautiful means of grace that helps us connect with Jesus. But the truth is, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. And, but we have an, an opportunity to be like Jesus and to experience Jesus as we are sent into the world to bless others and to know Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence with us, the presence of Christ, and the opportunity to be the body of Christ made real. And we're thankful that you love us enough and trust us enough to go out and breathe your presence in a broken and hurting world. Help us to live more like Jesus and more for Jesus. Amen.
It is my joy to announce that Carla Watson united with our family of faith at the celebration service. If you don't know Carla, I hope you have an opportunity to get to know her. She comes to us, a transfer of membership from Rainbow City Methodist Church. Know that if you have a prayer need or would like to unite with First United Methodist Church, I'm available after the service to speak with you. Also, I want you to know that you're invited back next week for as we continue the service with our next window, one that's not in the sanctuary, but I encourage you to see as you leave. It is the one off the courtyard entrance in the storage room to, to your, I guess, to my left, out, out this way. It is the Madonna and the Christ. And many people ask, what is the picture of the child in the window? So come back next week and you will find out. And now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you.